thank you for hearing and answering these prayers now. Help us to get captivated and get everything out of it. Your will be done in Jesus' name. All right, on lesson number three, <clears throat> I'm going to give you, there's 14 different blessings of sounding the shofar. I'm going to read off here, okay? But it's interesting because the number 14 has to do with deliverance. But Psalm 150, verse 3, the Bible says, Praise him with the blast of the shofar. So there is a praise and worship connected with the shofar. The shofar was the first musical instrument mentioned in this Psalm of David. It's interesting, isn't it? It's the very first one mentioned. The shofar is always associated with the powerful move of God. It always is. In Psalm 98, verse 6, shouts of joy are mentioned. But it's a powerful thing in worship. And I believe that in the tabernacle, the, the, all that worship and prayer that was going on in those, the shofar blast, it would all just go up unto the Lord as praise and worship, prayer, intercession, like a fragrant incense up unto him. In Leviticus 25, verse 8, now this is really key. It says, you are to count off seven Sabbaths of years for yourself. Seven times seven years. So that um, you have the time of the seven Sabbaths of years, namely 49 years. And then it says, you shall then sound a ram's horn abroad on the 10th day of the seventh month, which is Yom Kippur, okay? On the day of atonement, you shall sound the horn all throughout the land. And you will thus consecrate the 50th year and proclaim a release through the land to all its inhabitants. It will be a year of jubilee for you. And each of you shall return to his own property. And each of you shall return to his own family. So the year of jubilee is really interesting because God gave each family an inheritance. But if for some reason maybe they fell upon difficult times and they had to sell some of their land, unfortunately maybe some of their loved ones ended up having to go into like slavery to help pay the debt or something like that. When the year of Jubilee came on that 50th year and it was on the day of Yom Kippur, the priest would begin throughout the land to blast the ram's horn and they would declare this is a year of Jubilee. Everything that had been lost would be restored back to that person. And so the blasting of the shofar is directly connected with Jubilee and restoration. So here's a couple quick things. Um, let me say also that every time that a king was coronated, brought into power, he was uh, uh, you know, going to be anointed as king, the crown put on his head. In Israel, there was always a blasting of the shofar. And so when you're, we're blasting the shofar here, we're, we're doing so, and there's a purging of the atmosphere. There's a tabernacling of God's presence. I've taught on this already. There is like breaking through and turning things around in the atmosphere. There's healing, all of that. But one of the things that's going on is, is that we're declaring Jesus is sovereign king over this place. For him to come sit enthroned and rule and reign here. So here's the 14 things that happen at the shofar blast. First, there's an awakening. It seems like in the spirit realm, it helps to awaken people. 
If there's been people spiritually asleep, it helps to awaken things. Number two, a deep conviction of sin, a call to repentance, Isaiah 58.1. There seems to be something when the shofar is blasted into the atmosphere that there is a release of a conviction of sin on the lost and the saved if there's things that aren't right, that, that the conviction of God come. Number three, it's a battle cry. It's a battle cry that awakens the intercessors, the watchmen, and the warriors to you know snap to attention. And, and it's like um, a release in the spirit realm of um, a cry for war. Number four, the walls of the enemy come down. Jericho. In Joshua chapter 6, the walls represent the strongholds. How many of you guys know sometimes you're praying about something and it's really stubborn? Okay, that can be a stronghold. In the spirit realm, there's strongholds that can be in people's flesh, like health issues, mental strongholds. There can be generational strongholds. There's definitely strongholds in cities. But when you really pray and fast and seek God, the shofar can help break through those strongholds and bring them down. They just come crashing down like the walls of Jericho. The next one is angels are released on assignment and for war. They hearken to the voice of the Lord. And the shofar is like the voice of the Lord. And so when you're blasting the shofar, angels are being released on assignment. The next one is confusion in the enemy's camp. We're all pretty familiar with this concept. But Gideon, they blasted those shofars and the enemy was totally thrown into confusion so bad that they begin to kill each other. I mean, it was just mass confusion. And the shofar helps to release that confusion in the camp of the enemy. The next one is supernatural revelation. Um, Exodus 19, verse 16, uh, at Mount Sinai, God came down and he revealed himself to Israel, but there was a mighty shofar blast that was going on. And so God revealing himself Great revelation can take place at the shofar blast. The next one is faith will arise, Psalm 81. There's something about the shofar that helps people's faith to come up. There's like an expectancy. And the next one is an ingathering of God's people. You know, we talk about the Aliyah back to Israel and the Jewish people returning to the homeland. And not only that, but there's a lot of people, if you can follow this concept, there's a lot of people among the nations right now that don't know Jesus, but they will. And God knows who they are. And they're, they're going to be a part of this end-time ingathering of souls. Okay, The shofar helps to blast out over the harvest field and helps to open things up for the ingathering of God's people. The next one is the restoration of Israel and leadership set in place. In place. There's something about the shofar that really helps um, in this realm of restoration and the right people coming into positions. All right, the next one, that's Isaiah 58, 12. And then the next one is judgment on the nations, Zechariah 9, 14. The shofar being blasted can also help in the spirit realm break through to where people that need to be removed from power can be brought down. Maybe there's wicked rulers over a city, things like that. That wickedness can be brought down and righteousness be brought up. The shofar can really help with judgment of the nations, Zechariah 9, 14. The next one is opening the heavens like at Sinai. 
Remember me talking about it being an incision, like a piercing through? The shofar helps to pierce through and open the heavenlies when it's oppressed. That's something I've noticed a lot is a shift of atmosphere when you blast the shofar. It really does help purge the atmosphere. The next one is the glory of the Lord coming in. David, remember, I think I've already mentioned this, was dancing and and he brought the ark into Jerusalem. Everybody was celebrating, but the shofar was being blasted. And it helps, the shofar helps with the glory, the manifest glory, the ark of God being brought into the midst of his people. And as I opened up earlier and mentioned, Jubilee is decreed and released. So those are the 14 things that take place at the blast of the shofar. So there's a lot going on in the spirit realm. When, you, when the shofar is blasted, you can feel it in your spirit, but you don't always see what's going on with your natural eye. And this one minister was saying that he went to a foreign country and they were doing some missionary work and he was walking down the street and there was this hub there like this bar and the Lord told him, I want you to go over there and blast the shofar. And he just simply goes over there and starts you know, blasting the shofar up and the guy that owned it heard him, went outside and was like, hey man, come here. And he thought it was just the coolest thing he's ever seen. And so he brings him, you got to understand the scene here. There's all these people that are listening to, to music and dancing. They're all drinking. They're kind of partying. Guys have ladies sitting in their lap. They're not being spiritual, okay? And, and the owner's like, hey, come here, man, blast it. So he's standing here at a bar. I mean, there's the bar. The bar uh, keeps here. Everybody's around. He's like, all right, you know, so he blasts the shofar in there, and people start cheering. They're like, oh, that's so cool. Do it again, you know. And so anyway, he blasts shofar a few times, and he felt the Holy Spirit tell him, this is actually the most powerful thing that you've done since you've been here. And so he, he left after that. And he really felt something happen, but he didn't know what. Later on, there was a person that lived in that city and was telling him, he said, well, let me tell you what happened after you guys left. He said that place where the Lord told you to blast the shofar is actually the hub of all of like the evil and the satanic, kind of like the deep elm here. Okay. It was kind of like the hub there of all of that, all the sin and everything. That was the hub. And he said, when you went in there and blasted that shofar, he said, you didn't realize it, but you released something in the spirit realm. He said, when you guys left, revival broke out in the city. And, and a harvest of souls started coming in. Something broke while you were here. And you went right to where that hub was. And you obeyed the Lord and blasted the shofar right in the enemy's camp. Something broke over the city. And he said, a harvest broke out and, and revival broke out. So there's something powerful in the spirit realm. You don't see it with your natural eye per se. But you can sense that something shifts when you blast the shofar. It's so powerful. All right, so Lord, we thank you. Seal this night in Jesus' name. Let's go ahead and shut recordings down. And I want to just close this out. I'm